Welcome to 24-Hour Expert. You'll enjoy this podcast if you're someone who likes learning about different topics or just enjoys a good old fun fact. I'm Allie. And I'm Dan. Each week, we challenge each other to become an expert on a random topic in just 24 hours. Now it's time to find out how much we've learned. Well, good evening, Daniel. (laughs) So formal. Good evening. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, we're recording this in the evening, so if it's not evening for you, good morning, good afternoon, good whatever day it is, day it is, time of day it is. <laughs> sure. So, or time of night, really. One of my very favorite movies is The Truman Show. Have you ever seen it? I have, and I'm surprised because I'm just kind of, I don't know how I feel about it. Ooh, I've watched it more times than you can count, but my favorite line, well, one of my favorite lines is, in case I don't see ya, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, that is a really good line. Okay, that's perfect. In preparation for today's episode, which I'll get to what today's episode is going to be, because it's a special, it's our first special. Ooh, special noises, special. Special, special. So before we get to why it's special, in preparation for today, I went back and I was listening to some old episodes, and I noticed a lot when you and I say, Hi, Allie. Hi, Dan. To each other. It sounds like we've been laughing. I'm just going to fill everybody in. We usually are. Yeah. When we when you hear us start talking on the podcast, that's obviously not when we started talking. Right, right. Well, okay. So if we're going down this path, if we're, you know, doing a little behind the scenes, when I listen to us back sometimes, I can tell we're laughing with a weird splice because there was a word we couldn't get out or someone made a really bad joke that we absolutely could not leave in because we would be canceled. But yeah, you can always tell in the in some of the cutting where it's like, oh, we were definitely cracking up at something. And that's just the very last try. <laughs> I know. I can always tell that too. And as we edit more and more and get a little more experience, I try to leave like some of the laughing in so that when we cut to the next sentence, it's like, oh, they were laughing. That's why it sounds like they were laughing. Right. But sometimes you just can't leave it in. And I agree. I hear that too. I'm like, <laughs> all right, we're clearly cracking up and it makes no sense for anybody else. Oh, that's funny. All right. So why is today's episode special? Because this is our first 25th hour. Ooh. We are going to go back over the last 24 episodes of 24-Hour Expert, and we are going to make corrections. We are going to add on some new knowledge. We are going to answer some of your fan questions. So we have a lot to get through. That's true. And because everything is better if it has to be explained in total detail, the 25th hour is like if we would have had just one more hour to research, we probably would have gotten these things right. (laughs) Exactly. At least that's what we're telling ourselves. Yes, yes. So that's why I've been listening to old episodes. Dan and I keep a list. When listeners send us additional questions, comments, corrections, it all goes on the list. So we're going to hit on as many as we can tonight or today or this afternoon. Again, whenever you are. (laughs) Whenever you are. So going all the way back to episode one, LaCroix. Ooh, the OG episode. OG. I'm just going to toot my own horn a little bit first here. We all know by now, I have a hard time with names, especially, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one name I do not get wrong is LaCroix. Some people call it LaCroix or LaCroix. Those are all wrong. It is LaCroix, and I verified it. <laughs> That's very important. So important. I know you're all dying to know that I can say one thing right. Yeah. <laughs> And you did it in one take. (laughs) Yes. I don't have to cut this one. (laughs) So we do have a big, huge correction for LaCroix. The name LaCroix, where it comes from. In the episode, we said that LaCroix in French means the cross, which is true. But that's not anything to do with LaCroix, the beverage. So in some additional background knowledge on LaCroix, the drink comes from La Crosse, Wisconsin. It was founded in 1981 by G. Helleman Brewing Company. I probably didn't get that right, so I'm already <laughs> off on my not being able to pronounce anything, which was a family-owned brewery. And then LaCroix was eventually bought out from that brewery by the National Beverage Corporation in 2002, which is what we talked about on the episode. So the La... 
in La Croix was taken from the city of La Crosse. So La Croix, La Crosse. And the Croix hails from the beautiful St. Croix River, which flows between Wisconsin and Minnesota. I have not personally seen it. The beautiful part is a quote from an article I read, but it sounds beautiful. I'll vouch for it. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it is. This one was one of my favorite corrections because it was our first episode. We were asking all of our friends to listen and provide feedback. And I had a friend from Wisconsin come sliding hot into my text telling me that we got it wrong. I was like, oh, man, (laughs) episode one. We got some people hot and bothered about that one. But here we are. Wisconsin, we are so sorry. We're sorry. Add it to the apology tour. (laughs) So my next additional fact for LaCroix is in 2004, the company only offered six flavors. Can you believe that? From the, what, 50-something I said were on the website now, they only had six. Pure, which is unflavored, lemon, lime, berry, orange, and cran raspberry. Wow. I did not know. Yeah. And our good friend Pompalamoose didn't come into the picture until 2008. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I also looked up why you can't have grapefruit with some medications. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to get... Real sciencey for a second. Well, just so everyone knows, we are not doctors. You need to consult your medical professional for any medical advice before starting or stopping any prescriptions. Yes, we are not doctors. This is according to Google, which is also not a doctor. <laughs> I'm just going to say that as well. You have to be careful with grapefruit and certain medications because many drugs are broken down or metabolized with the help of a vital enzyme called CYP3A4 in the small intestine. Grapefruit juice can block the action of this enzyme. So the result is that too much of the drug gets into your body. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you should be super careful if you take a medication that is broken down by this enzyme. One last thing about LaCroix, and then we're going to keep it moving. And not every episode is this many things. Some are very short, some are I was going to say, this 25th episode is going to be 25 hours long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. No, I'm just kidding. It won't be. Last thing about LaCroix, then we'll move on. I did ask my dental hygienist about carbonated water. And she said, you know, based on her knowledge, you don't have to worry about it. Obviously, watch, you know, the acidic flavors. And she said, just a little fun fact for you, a drink that's actually worse for your teeth are sports drinks like Gatorade, Powerade, because they're sugary. And typically, if you're an athlete, you're sipping on this all day, right? You might be at practice or during a game, and you just keep taking little sips, and all the sugar just sits on your teeth. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so sports people probably need their Gatorade and their Powerades, but just be conscious to brush your teeth when you do get home. Yeah, true. So there you go. There's our corrections and our updates about LaCroix. So moving on to marionettes. I do not have a lot of additional information for marionettes. Dan, I know you had 27 more grievances about Pinocchio you wanted to go through. I did. But we're not going to. No, and save for everyone, this almost inspired a whole new podcast endeavor where all we did was just took apart Disney movies. But we're like, let's try to get one podcast under our belts and then maybe we can expand. But coming soon. (laughs) I also love for this category how I think every episode since this episode, you've told me that your sister had some major grievances with the unknown knowledge of marionettes. Like I had left so many things out that she was curious about. And you reminded me for the last 23 episodes. (laughs) Well, Dan, you'll be happy to know. I did look into her questions. Some just didn't have any information. But one of her questions was, what are other famous marionettes? Obviously, there's a ton of famous puppets. But specifically marionettes, there were a handful. The ones that I actually recognized were one. (laughs) But I'm going to mention two because this other one is still running in an updated... You know what? Let's just get to it and then I'll explain. Okay. So the one that I recognized was Howdy Doody. Oh, the horse? No, it's a boy on a puppet, and there was like the Howdy Doody show. He's a cowboy. Oh, okay. Okay. It would have been like our parents' era of TV. Sure, yeah. And then the other one is Andy Pandy, which is a British children's 
television show. When it originally started, Andy Pandy was a marionette. Now I believe he is a more of like a cartoon or maybe um, like a claymation character. Oh, okay. Do you think that they had to change his last name for a little bit during the pandemic? Because everyone's calling it the pandemic? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, besides just trying to see what he looked like, I didn't dig too much more into Andy Pandy. (laughs) Maybe he's getting his own episode. Yes, we'll follow up Andy Pandy. We should just do like famous British TV shows. All right, let's move on from marionettes to numerology. This was a fun one. I don't know if you want me to comment on every one of these, but this one was fun because my mom really liked this episode. And for probably a good week afterward, I was getting texts every day about different numbers she ran and different things she read. And yeah, she really liked this one. Oh, I love it. You can comment as much as you want. One thing that I really liked that came from this episode was after we had the episode, we added Glynis McCants, who is the author that we mentioned in the episode, and she tweeted us back. So I was super excited. So we had tweeted um, and posted something about if you got a number that's not one through nine, you did it wrong. And then we added her and she commented back and she said, there are some times where you can have a double digit number. So... They are called master numbers. They are 11, 22, and 33. Just those three, not 44, 55, 66, none of those. Just 11, 22, 33. So you would use these master numbers. Let's say you're calculating your life path number and your birthday is April 3rd, 2002. So we know from the episode, you add up all the digits, 432002, which would give you an 11. So normally you would go one plus one is a two, you're a life path two. But if you get, when you add up all the digits of your birthday, an 11, a 22, or a 33, you are a master number plus your life path number. So you're still a number two, but you're also an 11. So an 11 means you are an old soul. 22 is the master builder. 33 is the master teacher. I'm not going to go into the long descriptions of these. We have a lot to get through. Don't worry. But just in general, know that if you have one of these master numbers, it can be hard to master, and this is a quote I pulled off the internet, the power that comes with it. That's interesting. Yeah. So they're just super powerful numbers. If your birthday adds up to one of them, dig into it, see what it means for you. I think I did have some friends who had reached out and said they got a number like an 11. And then I was like, I don't think that's possible. And then, but yeah, so that's interesting. Those people... Probably everyone needs to go back and check because you might be yeah, a master Yeah, check number. if you're a master number. And like I mentioned, like in my example, your birth, the birthday added up to an 11. So one and one, you always would still go down to a single digit. One and one would be two. So you are a two with a master number 11, if I'm understanding master numbers correctly. <laughs> few other quick notes from this episode. So in the episode, we talked about the movie Coming to America, and I said that I would watch it. Confession, I still have not. Allison, come on. I know, I know. And actually, I didn't write all of them down because you guys don't want to hear all the broken promises I made in this podcast. But I'm going to start a list and actually start knocking some of these off the list. That's funny. And just one other silly correct, not really correction, but in addition, I guess. We talked about the Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn movie, but we couldn't think of the title. The movie's called Snatched. Oh, that's right. That was such a good movie. I think I'm going to rewatch it. Yeah, it was a pretty funny movie. I mean, both those actresses, you can't go wrong. Right. All right, moving on. Daylight Savings Time. Hey. It's daylight saving time. Oh, sorry. Yes, daylight saving. I have it correct on my paper for the record. I just said it wrong. Daylight saving time. My only note here is I'm still not sorry to golfers. Dan, I don't know if you are. Nope, haven't changed my position. Moving on. Moving on. Mollusks. So this was a listener sent me information about which were one of the mollusks that we talked about. And this is just a really fun fact. So limpets eat by scraping algae off rocks with tiny teeth on its tongue. And it turns out that the material that a limpet's tooth is made out of can be as much as 13 times as strong as ordinary steel. And if we could make a 1 16th inch wire out of that material, it could lift a car. Wow. So the stuff their teeth are made out of is insanely strong. Wow. 
Yeah, another article I read on it said, the teeth are made of a mineral protein composite, and a study found that the material strength is in the thinness of the tightly packed mineral fibers that like make up the tooth, and it could help improve man-made composite materials, like if they could figure out how to work with it or even replicate it. That's really cool. And then Dan, I think my next note on mollusks was one that a friend of yours had given you, the Opihi Man, the song. Yes. So if you haven't listened to it, it's actually really good. It's by the Ka'u. I don't know if I'm saying that right. K-A apostrophe A-U Crater Boys, which is a crater out in Hawaii that you can actually um, hike around. So I don't know this for sure, but one time a friend told me you pronounce every vowel in Hawaiian. So maybe that would be Ka'au? Maybe. Yeah. I tried to listen to it. I was watching a couple YouTube videos of hikers that were hiking around the crater to listen to how they said it. But everyone said it a little different and everyone's talking so fast. So my apologies if it's wrong. But it's a really catchy song. So Opihi Man, YouTube it. And just a Opihi fun fact. So an Opihi is a limpet. (laughs) Limpets are just, they're just killing it. They are. (laughs) You go, limpets. (laughs) And my last correction for mollusks is Zoe. So the name Zoe, whether it's spelled Z-O-E or Z-O-E-Y, are both pronounced Zoe, not Zoe and Zoe. Both just Zoe. (laughs) I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, me too. Many people made sure that I knew it was both Zoe. (laughs) So thank you. All right, moving on. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. So I don't have a lot. I have just one correction on this. So you talked about one of the vile, are they villains or the vile? Right. They're the like the criminals. Yeah, the criminals. Yeah. The, one of the vile criminals was named Joe Ryder, and we couldn't figure out what like the pun or the joke was. So wherever you got it from must have been a typo because it should be Joy Ryder, like when you steal a car. Oh, Joy, not Joe. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) Glad we cleared that up because it didn't make sense before. No. Although I think you and I had some good guesses, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving right along. Buffalo Bill. So throughout this episode, there were several characters that we were introduced to by the name of Bill. So I googled how popular was the name Bill in 1848, which is the year Buffalo Bill was born. Google just gave me the top three for the 1840s. So top three boys' names in the 1840s, John, William, Bill, and Thomas. And then just for fun, the girls' names were Mary, Anne, and Elizabeth. That's interesting. Yeah. I do love when like older names start coming back into fashion. I do too. Agreed. And then we also in that episode, you mentioned a king who couldn't get divorced, so he just kept beheading his wives. Uh Uh-huh. So I believe you were probably thinking of King Henry VIII. He had six wives because he was trying to get a male heir. I just want to break here to make sure that we all know that the sperm determines the sex of the baby, right? So the women have nothing to do with it. Right. And I know King Henry didn't know this, but he's off killing all these wives because they're not making a boy when the problem is himself. Misinformation. So he didn't actually kill all of his wives. He had two of them beheaded. He annulled two of his marriages, so they weren't technically divorces. And one died, and then one actually outlived him. His last one actually outlived him. Good for her. Yeah. Then a few corrections. I said the movie, one of my favorite movies was Saving Sarah Marshall. The title of the movie is Forgetting Forgetting Sarah Sarah Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. And I stand by it. It's still one of my favorite movies. It's a good movie. You see a lot of Jason's in that movie. I know. And I think I read that like, it was actually his. Like It wasn't a prosthetic. He, why did he spend so much time naked, for one? And two, good for him. I know, good for him. I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, yeah, let's have some equal nudity. I mean, you know that I want equal nudity for all. <laughs> free that peen. <laughs> yeah, free it, but like tastefully free it. So the other correction I have is that we talked about the Miss United States representing, you know, America in the Miss Universe as a Transformer. And that was in 2013. So that wasn't current. Oh, that's funny. Oops. Sorry. Oops. But still, even in 2013, I still think not a great choice. I stand by that. Right. All right, Daniel, what do you have for us? Okay, so one, since this episode, I've gone to Buffalo Bill's grave in Golden, Colorado. 
Oh, fun. Yeah, it was a fun little trip. We had to cut it really short, though, because it started thundering and lightning. The second thing, and I don't really know that this is a fun fact, but sometimes even from our really best friends, well, actually, more than often, they're from our really good friends, we get a little brutal feedback from (laughs) listeners. (laughs) And I had a friend who was like, I'm not listening to Buffalo Bill. It's just not my thing. And I was like, okay, (laughs) see you next week. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, your choice. You didn't have to tell me that, but thank you. Thank you for the instant feedback. I mean, I feel like you should just give it a chance. You can turn it off if you don't like it, right. but cool, you cool. know, press play, give us the listen. You didn't have to actually listen to it. All right, so let's move on to Doomsday Cults. Which, I have to say, we get statistics on all of our episodes of how many people are listening and engaging with us, and I am sad to report that Doomsday Cults is our least popular episode. Which is really surprising to me because I feel like people are very interested in cult stuff. I wonder if the that market's saturated. Maybe. You're not going to come to this one-off rinky-dink podcast for your doomsday cult stuff. You're going to go to like the premier cult pod. True. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good Which, theory. I don't know. We'll have to test that theory because we have yet to get to our most popular episode, which to this day, I don't understand why. <laughs> either. And I mean that in a really positive way. I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean that in like, of all the titles I look at on our list, I'm like, the the most interesting thing I would select is not that, but... Yeah, no, agreed. It is very interesting. Anyway. Maybe we're going to change what the podcast about. Yeah. <laughs> so I only have one note for Doomsday Cults. So the movie I mentioned, and I put this on Instagram after the fact, but I'll mention it here, is The Veil. That kind of is similar to the Heaven's Gate cult, but in the movie, they use a fake cult that they call Heaven's Veil. But same kind of thing. They drink, you know, poison that was in a drink. Just thought I'd mention that here in case anyone was listening and, you know, doesn't follow us on Instagram, which go follow us on Instagram or Facebook. I mean, statistically, I'm looking at the statistics. More than half of the people listening right now did not listen to Doomsday Cults. So, hey, here's your opportunity to go check it out. It's not that bad. (laughs) No, it's fun. Don't we talk about celebrities insuring their We do. Yes. If you want to know what celebrity body parts are insured, this is the episode for you. Actually, that's really interesting. This could be a fun reveal. I think we used the bleep the very first time in that episode. We did. It was our very first bleep. The celebrity's body part was never revealed. It wasn't. You just had to infer what it was. Yeah. So we can confirm right now, this is a 24-hour expert, 25th hour special exclusive scoop. It was a... The bleeped out word was So our next episode is Serial Mascots. And I actually, I have a decent amount on this one for everybody. Really? Yeah. First, I want to go back. We were trying to figure out the difference between an elf and a gnome. Because for Rice Krispies, their mascot started as a gnome and then became elves. Mm. So I looked up, what is the difference between an elf and a gnome? The main difference is that an elf is a supernatural being in Germanic mythology and folklore, and a gnome is a diminutive spirit in Renaissance magic and alchemy. So if that means nothing to you, don't worry. I have more. Those are kind of, I guess, those are more their origins. Sure. If we're talking about traditional folklore, an elf... An elf is essentially a forest spirit. It is immortal and can also be kind of like a fairy. Okay. Where gnomes are shorter humanoids and earth dwellers. Well, there you go. That's an elf and a gnome. Those definitions are so specific for something that's so fake. I know. But, you know, if you think about all the stories written about these creatures, it's not surprising. Right, yeah. Someone had to do it. I also want to talk about Pow, the very short-term fourth Rice Krispie Elf. Oh, right. Snap, crackle, pop, and then we had Pow for a very short time. Poor Pow. In the episode, we talked about how each of the different Rice Krispie Elves wears a different hat. And Dan, you asked me, well, what does Pow wear? I now know. Pow wears a helmet. Oh, okay. Kind of makes sense if he goes Pow. So he also has like a jetpack thing, but not like a modern day jetpack. It's kind of like a jetpack, but if straight up the back behind your head, a propeller came up and spun. So not like rockets shooting down like propeller pack. (laughs) Uh, Seems a little dangerous, but maybe that's why Pow's not around anymore. I don't know. Pow is from outer space. So for a while, Kellogg had a sponsorship with the TV program Space Cadet. So I think Pow was somehow tied into, so space stuff 
was real popular around the time that POW came on. There was a lot of space characters and it was a big hot thing. So that's why POW was a space cadet and probably why his life with the elves was short-lived. One of the other things we talked about on that episode was female serial mascots. I did look for some female serial mascots. There were some like Dora the Explorer and the Disney princesses that at one point had their own serial, but I don't necessarily think that counts. So I was looking for a serial mascot that was a female character made for that serial, not one that was an already established character. Right. So the only ones that I could find were for a serial brand called Off Limits, and they make two serials, both with female mascots. One of their mascots is Dash. She is a rabbit, kind of like the Trix rabbit that acts more like a human than a rabbit. Her cereal that she's the mascot of is called Dash, and the slogan for the cereal is, brings equal parts coffee and cocoa to help you level up. So it's like a caffeinated cereal. Oh, I wonder if it tastes like coffee and cocoa, like a mocha. That would be really good. It kind of sounded good. Um, And then the second one from this brand, the other female mascot is called Zombie. And she is a cartoon zombie. Not like a scary zombie, like a cute zombie. Yeah, like a cartoon zombie. Yeah. And her cereal is called Zombie. And its little slogan thing is, has adaptogens to max your relax. So it's more of like a nighttime cereal to help you chill. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. So again, the brand is called Off Limits. You can Google them. And yeah, so one of their cereals is an up and one is a down. (laughs) (laughs) What if you're just really hungry in the middle of the day and you don't want either? You have to mix them together. Well, then you're going to have to go with a stupid boy mascot cereal. Yeah, I guess so. All right, that's all I have for cereals. Let's move on to inspirational runners. Aw, this I think is one of my favorites. This was a really good one. Yeah, we got to learn about two really cool people in this episode. So in the episode, we talked about if you could run the perimeter of the United States, how long that would be. Right. I don't have an exact answer. It was really (laughs) hard to find an answer on this. Like, I thought it'd be like an easy Google and Google would be like, so it looks like from the different things that I read, it's somewhere between 10,000 and 50,000 miles, depending on how you calculate it. I'm going to go into this a little bit, but I'm not going to go in crazy detail. So I went on one of those like answer forums where somebody asks the questions and somebody answers. So somebody had asked this question and this is the answer that the person gave them. So the country has a border and a perimeter. Are you asking how long are the borders? Are you asking for a coastline as well? How about a shoreline? Shoreline and coastline are different. You could think of coastline as the rough outline of the country, like if you trace the outer border with a thin magic marker. Shoreline is much longer than coastline. It takes into account every nook and cranny of the actual geography. The perimeter of the United States, me adding in United States, is close to 11,000 miles. And I think the shoreline distance is closer to 50,000 miles. There's about a 5,500 to 600 mile of border with Mexico and Canada, not including Alaska, which is likely another thousand miles or more. Wow. So either way, that's a long, long run. Long, long run. Either way. And now we all know something about shoreline, coastline, and those are two different things. Right. What a nice answer. I mean, most people wouldn't take the effort to do all that on the internet to a stranger. So hats off to you. Yeah, hats off to you, person. And I'm glad I found it because it made the most sense of anything I read. So one thing I remember from Inspirational Runners is, I'm sure you guys have heard, we picked up while we started doing our own little taglines. Mine is, that's your knowledge, you're free to forget it. And Allie's is, do with it what you will. Right. We were doing that. We thought it was funny. So we got to Inspirational Runners and we're talking about these amazing people that did these amazing things. And it just didn't feel genuine you know, well, there you go. You heard all about this awesome guy. Now forget it. So we switched up our tagline that episode and a couple people had noticed. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad because yeah, I agree. It didn't feel right to end it that way. So there you go. I love it. All right, Dan, moving on to Forensic Science Part 1 and Part 2. Ah, our very first episode with an interviewee. Yes, I know. It was so fun. So thank you to everybody who sent in questions for Kim. So I did send some of them to Kim, and I got a couple back for you. Oh, fun. So here we go. So first question, have you ever worked on a serial killer case? She said, no serial killer cases that I know of, but I worked on a, let's earmuffs, this okay 
but I worked on a serial rapist case. It isn't nationally famous, but it was featured on an episode of Dateline called Disappearance at the Dairy Queen. I also worked on a case called Written in Blood that was featured on Dateline. That was the case that she mentioned in the episode where there was the message written in blood on the garage floor. Wow. Go watch those Dateline episodes. That'd be fun. Well, I mean, interesting. Yes. Yes. And so one of the questions we got was any famous cases. So one and two kind of went together. So there's your answer for both. So third question. If someone wanted to do what you do, what's the best course of action as far as schooling to take? So Kim would recommend the best route to go is an accredited four-year college to get a hard science degree. And then she notes hard science is chemistry, biology, genetics, biochemistry, etc. She also notes that you need to have a clean record and you shouldn't use recreational drugs. Interesting. So there's her recommendation. All right, the next question we had for Kim was, what's the weirdest thing you've had to test for drugs? And these were good. When she sent me these, I was so excited. The weirdest drug case was the officer cut a chunk of sod out of the ground because a suspect vomited. There was suspected cocaine that they swallowed during a police chase. Kim was submitted the sod covered in vomit slash saliva. And no, she could not detect cocaine or any drug in that mess. Her words. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes. She said, I've also been asked to analyze an M&M. The officer thought it was a morphine pill. She was asked to test a Thai shrimp chip for cocaine. Do you know what a shrimp chip is? Like if you go to a Thai restaurant. Oh, sure. They're like the different colors. Yeah. They give you with like the soup. Yeah. She, so she tested one of those for cocaine. Were people using the chip to do the cocaine? I don't know. She didn't elaborate. It just said they sent her the chip and she tested it for cocaine. Okay. She's also gotten a peanut that an officer thought was cocaine. So I don't know if it was crushed up or what, but it turned out to just be a peanut. Uh, So there you go. There's some of your listener questions for Kim. That's fun. That was fun. All right. Next episode is Lindy Chamberlain. I don't have a lot for this one. This is a rare occasion where I did not break a promise. And Dan, I have started watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. I'm so excited. So now I know what the Snatch Game is. Perfect. Yeah. So... What's interesting is I this whole episode came out of the idea from me watching the RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, and I am sad to report that I did not finish that series because it was so terrible. Really? Yeah. Like, terrible how? Just It just wasn't like a regular season of RuPaul. The acts were pretty boring. The challenges were boring. It was just, it was not good. So I just stopped watching and I never finished. Oh, well, it happens, right? I'm only through, I'm just started. So I started at the very beginning. So I'm just starting season three. Oh, cool. It's really fun that they make a lot of jokes about how season one wasn't in HD, like it was before HDTV. And then in later seasons, they always make fun of season one for not being in HD. It's just, it's funny because some of the queens from season one come back later and they're like, oh, <laughs> you're going to actually have to look good now because TV's in HD. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't notice that watching it, but I didn't think about, yeah, that makes it easier. You know, like your makeup and stuff looks better when it's not HD. Right. Exactly. All right, moving on. Next episode, Bees. Bees, which happens to be our most popular episode. Yes, which is so crazy to me. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer because we got so many listens and then we took the next week off. (laughs) Memorial Day, yeah. Memorial Day, yes. Well, you know, nothing like building up that momentum and then just coming to a screeching halt. (laughs) Letting it go. We learned our lesson. You guys got a 4th of July episode, so. You did. Yes, You're welcome. And thank you for listening. So, Bees, Dan, you had several questions in that episode about how bees do it. Right. How do they get it on? So, I'm going to give you specifics. Oh, okay. So, we are talking about insects, but earmuffs, if you feel that even insect sex is inappropriate. (laughs) So, once in her lifetime, which this was actually just kind of a crazy fact to me. So, when she's still a virgin queen, hasn't made it at all, she goes on what's called a mating flight. So, she goes out to, and they don't know quite how the location is determined. So, she goes to some location where there are thousands of drones that are just, just to refresh our memory, drones are the male bees that are used just for reproduction. Mm -hmm. So she goes to a location, there's thousands of drone bees that are just waiting for her and she'll mate with several of them while she's there. So the drone inserts his endophallus, which is like his equivalent of a penis. Sure. 
into the queen's abdomen, or what is her equivalent of a vagina. Okay. Obviously, they're not exactly the same, but so we can picture what's happening. Yeah. His endophallus will actually stay in the queen after he deposits the semen in her, so it keeps it from leaking out of her. So, why do male bees die after they mate with the queen was one of your questions. Um... Because his endophallus and part of his abdomen is ripped off and stays into the queen. Wow, that's brutal. That's brutal. Yes. So he'll die within minutes to hours. And oh, another fun fact, though. They all this happens. All the mating happens in flight. So they're flying this whole time. Oh, wow. It's kind of like, you know how you've seen was it Air Force One, the movie with Harrison Ford. Where he's president and it gets like the plane gets hijacked, I think. Anyway, in part of the movie, this they're like, Oh, we're running out of gas in the plane, blah blah blah. So this like air force carrier comes and this giant tube, gas tube, comes and like hooks up to the Air Force One and it refuels it mid-flight oh yeah in flight yeah okay i know you're talking about yes yeah and i actually thought that was fake and but you can actually go see on youtube that it's not fake yeah but in any case that's a really long story because the bee sex happening in flight i was thinking of the refueling thing i am so sorry oh yeah No, I mean, that's a good analogy. That's a great analogy. So then one drone mates with the queen. Then the next drone will come in, remove the previous drone's endophallus, make his deposit, his stays in, gets ripped out, and so on and so on. So a virgin queen will mate only one time. So this, her one mating flight is only one time in her life. So she'll mate multiple times, and then she stores up to 100 million sperm in her oviducts. And that's what she uses to, you know, pump out all the baby bees. Wow, that's impressive. And I love these drones and their dedication. Like, they're literally cleaning up after the previous death and knowing that that's going to happen to them but they just do it anyway. Like That's some dedication. Exactly. So I will leave you with one more fun fact before I move on to the next topic. The queen controls the sex of the eggs she produces. If she fertilizes the egg, so with one of the sperm in her oviducts, it becomes a female worker bee. If she doesn't fertilize it, it'll become a male drone. So she has complete control over female worker bees and drone bees. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Bees are crazy. I know we said it, and I will say it again. (laughs) Maybe that's why they got so many listens. Yeah, bees are so interesting. All right, so moving on from bees, next we have cryptocurrency. Yeah, this one was a real humdinger. Yes, and cryptocurrency is a hard topic, and I still think, Dan, after re-listening to it, you did a great job. Thank you. (laughs) But what did I get wrong? Oh, I actually don't have anything you got wrong. Um, I thought we'd just do a quick update. So, spoiler alert, it's July when we're recording this. (laughs) I think I already slipped up earlier. We're... That's okay. (laughs) Cat's out of the bag. Yeah, we do record ahead of time. So the current value of the Dogecoin, just because that was one of the hot topic ones when we released the episode, right. is 0.1726 cents. Oh, That's no. its value right now. Because I think when we were actually recording, Dogecoin was like way up there, $70 maybe? Yeah, it had a huge spike. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Doge. Sorry, Doge. You little Shiba Doge. Shiba Inu. And my only correction is actually, (laughs) Ellie can't do math (laughs) on the fly correction. (laughs) So we were talking about the actual paper component of money not having value. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how it's just a simpler form of trading. And I gave the example of, if Dan has two chickens and I have four cows, I'll give you a cow if you give me five chickens. (laughs) You don't have five chickens. You only have two chickens. And I just let it go. I just, I probably didn't even notice it. (laughs) So I understand that as of the time of the release of the podcast, Dan could not afford my cow. So (laughs) when Dan has three more chickens, he can have one of my cows. (laughs) Another fun fact for cryptocurrency. This was the very first and only episode so far that we recorded in the same place. That's true. Yes. I forgot about that. Oh, memories. (laughs) 
Next, we have infomercials. That's right. So I don't have anything super exciting for you. We talked a lot about popular infomercial products and ones that were bestsellers. So I thought since it's 2021, let's just talk about a few of ones that are popular this year. So maybe not popular overall, like we talked in the episode, but ones that are popular now. Okay. The tub shroom. The what? So it's it looks like a little mushroom, but it goes, you put it in like your bathtub drain or you can put it in a sink drain. Uh-huh. And it just catches a lot more hair and debris so that you can keep your pipes clear. Oh, it's okay. So it's called the tub shroom. Interesting. This one made me laugh just because the name. A fasta pasta. Ooh, fasta pasta. <laughs> so Wait, can I guess? Can I guess what it yes, does? Yes, okay. I feel like a fasta pasta would help cook your pasta quicker or Fasta. You are 100% correct. Ooh, thank you. It's actually a microwavable container that you fill with water and your pasta. They have, looks like it has some measurements on it to tell you how much pasta for how much water. You microwave it and you don't have to boil your pasta. Oh, that's really cool. Something called a Baker's Edge brownie pan. Have you seen this? Um, No, but can I guess what it does? Yes. I bet because everybody loves the corner brownie. I bet it makes every brownie a corner brownie. You are so, so close. It makes every brownie an edge piece. So there are some middle edges, but there are a lot more corners. There's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight corners on it. Interesting. All right. One last fun one for anyone that has um, glasses or uses readers. There's a little magnetic pin that kind of forms a holder, like a bar across. You can slip your glasses through and so they attach to your shirt. So there you go. There's a couple. I mean, there's a whole list. You can actually find a bunch of lists on this particular topic of top 2021 infomercial products, but there's a few for you. Okay. No, I like that. I'm going to get one of those pasta pastas. Pasta pasta. All right. Moving on, we have toy fads. Yeah, this one was fun. I like this one. This one was a lot of fun. So I had some listeners who sent in toys that we didn't cover. Oh, okay, fun. So just real quick, I'll go through a couple of them. And then, Daniel, I looked up, how do you do a Rubik's Cube blindfolded? Ooh, fun. All right, but first, let's get to some of these listener toys. So Care Bears, Mm -hmm. which I think we all know what a Care Bear is. So the original, and I just have like one quick fun fact for each of these toys. Okay. Here's what the original Care Bears were. Bedtime Bear, Wish Bear, Cheer Bear, Birthday Bear, Tender Heart Bear, Good Luck Bear, Grumpy Bear, Love A Lot Bear, Friend Bear, Funshine Bear, and Share Bear. Wow, there's a ton of them. Yeah, so those are the OG Care Bears. And originally, this is kind of just funny, Share Bear, you know, they all have a what they call a belly badge. They all have a picture on their stomach. Yeah. So originally, Cher Bear had a belly badge of an ice cream soda with two straws coming out of it okay. to symbolize, you know, sharing. Yeah. However, the symbol was later changed to two lollipops that kind of like cross each other because sharing um, a soda can spread germs. Oh, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> So our next toy is Pound Puppies. Oh, I forgot about those. Yes. So Pound Puppies are little stuffed dogs that came in a little cardboard doghouse with an adoption certificate. Kind of how we talked about Cabbage Patch Kids coming with a birth certificate. Right. And actually, they were re-released in the early 2000s with more specific breeds. The original Pound Puppies were kind of breed generic and just came in different colors. And then they came out with some more specific breeds in the 2000s. Interesting. That's fun. Yeah. And then in South America, they were called Sniff Sniffs. (laughs) Oh. Just a little extra fun fact for you there. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> All right, last toy, Furby. Oh gosh, how could I have forgotten? So this is a crazy statistic. So Furby came out in 1998 and it was like one of the most popular toys for three years. So 1998 to 2000. In that time span, they sold over 40 million Furbies. Wow. Like that's an insane amount of Furbies. That is so many Furbies. <laughs> a fun fact about Furbies where they were the first successful attempt at a domestically aimed robot, meaning they started speaking Furbish, which was their made up language, and then slowly, air quotes, learned to speak English. So they were one of the first successful robot toys that kind of had this, they call it domestically aimed kind of ability. Interesting. That it learned something, yeah. Right. And now I was reading some of the new features that more modern Furbies have, and it's crazy. Like, for example, they can recognize your voice. Like, they have voice recognition. Wow. Which is also kind of freaky to me, but... 
Yeah. Oh, well. Hopefully it's all happening on device. <laughs> all right. So one last thing about toys. Let's talk about how you solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. Yes, please. Okay. Spoiler, it's super complicated <laughs> and it's confusing, but I- I'm going to walk you through it, but it's not going to make any sense. Just a fair warning here. Okay. So there are several methods. This particular method is called the old Pac-Man. Again, who knows if I'm saying that right? method, which requires as little as five algorithms. So, and you can watch tutorials on how to do different algorithms, which is how they do it so fast. There's certain ways you spin things and start on certain colors, and that's how they do it so fast. So you need at least five of these algorithms to do this technique. You also need to know the notation of the cube, which is how you know where you're going to send the pieces you pick. And you also need to know your orientation of the cube. Wow. You also are going to need to select a buffer piece. I have no idea, Dan. <laughs> I'm literally just reading you the words and on the They're website. doing this in like 60 seconds. I forget what was the world record. It three was so something, fast. Three one four or something like that. Or three four. I don't remember. But all of this, it's very complicated. And whoever wrote the particular article I was looking at was kind of, what's the word? Stuck up about it, I guess. Oh. Because he was like, everybody acts like it's so hard to do a Rubik's Cube this fast. But once you learn the algorithms, like, it's really not that hard. And anytime anyone says it's hard, it just makes me laugh. Oh, I'm like, okay, well, excuse gosh. us. Some of us don't yeah. have the algorithms memorized. <laughs> right. I'm not going to say I had better things to do, but I certainly had different things to do. <laughs> yes. But it looks like you scramble the cube in a specific way. So it might be like you were guessing based on memorization. Okay. That makes sense. So I guess the answer is I still don't know. We still don't know. Do it. If anyone can give us a simpler explanation, please let us know. So I have one thing about toy fads, and I think it has to do with the Princess Diana Beanie Baby. So when we talked about this, I had specifically said it was a certain color Diana bear, but the special one had a certain color rose, and the rose was either pink or white, depending on whether it was misprinted. So I said this, and I had about four different people reach out to me and say, OMG, my Diana has the pink or or the white rose. Like, right. I can't believe I have one of the ones that's wrong. Well, since four people had told me that, I'm like, oh, yeah, one of them, be- including you. I was yeah, like, one of was me. <laughs> I think we got that wrong because there's no way that four out of four people that I know who have the Diana Bear still had the misprinted one. Anyway, so I went online and I looked. There are other distinguishing features on the bear to make it a misprint. So go online. There's pictures. I'm sorry, you probably aren't sitting on a gold bind, but I think you knew that anyway. Dang it, Dan. All right, should we move on to the Headless Horseman? Yes. All right. So the Headless Horseman, I mentioned the Disney slash Tim Burton movie in the podcast, which I went and rewatched after the episode. Still love it. But I looked it up. I was on the Town of Sleepy Hollow's website, and the movie was not filmed in Sleepy Hollow. The Sleepy (laughs) Hollow movie. Oh, no. Where was it filmed? So it was filmed in England. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but there was a movie, it was an old movie called The Headless Horseman that was filmed in Sleepy Hollow, but I didn't recognize any of the actors or anything. But surprisingly, just a fun fact about the town of Sleepy Hollow, there was a lot of movies that filmed there. They had a whole long list. I'm going to hit you with just a few that I recognized and some of the more famous actors that have filmed in their town. So the movie Child's Play which for all my horror movie fans is Chucky. You know, Chucky's the possessed little boy's doll. Yes. The Preacher's Wife, which featured Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington. Oh, and doesn't it have that really great song? I was son of a preach man. I don't know that I've seen it. I just recognize the actors. Okay, well, it's a great song. I'm gonna send I mean, this, no, I know the song. I don't know the movie. Oh, I think the song is in the movie. I could be wrong. Wasn't that song? No, that wasn't the song that Jan sang in the office when she brought Astrid in to meet them, was it? I don't think so. No, something along similar lines. Yeah, yeah. Another one, um, The Family Man, which featured Nicolas Cage and Tia Leone. Mona Lisa Smile. Okay. Julia Roberts movie. 
The Good Shepherd, which was Matt Damon okay. and Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And there was, like I said, a ton more. Those are just a few that I recognize the actors in. So there you go. They're a little more fun fact on Sleepy Hollow. I forget what state again. New York. Sleepy Hollow's in New York. Okay. Okay. And they actually have a little drop down if you go to their town website of legends. And there's like four or five different legends in Sleepy Hollow. It's not just the Headless Horseman. I mean, if it's making them money. Yeah, exactly. One more fun fact about Sleepy Hollow. So a lot of people go to Sleepy Hollow and they want to see the bridge that the author talked about in the book that is, you know, the Headless Horseman bridge that's by the church that Ichabod gets across and he's safe from the Headless Horseman. So that bridge doesn't exist still. But they say on their website, they have lots of old bridges you can come and take a fun picture in front of. (laughs) That's fun. That is fun. It's so fun. I'm like, and they had some pictures of like older bridges from like their archives and stuff, but they're not sure that the bridge that was mentioned in the story actually truly ever existed. But they have a lot of similar bridges in a similar area where the story's based on. So you can go take a picture. Yeah, just pick a bridge. All right. Should we move on to Independence Day? Yes. So we talked about the Martina McBride song that we both like. Yes. So mm-hmm. I thought it'd be fun to mention just a couple other good 4th of July songs. If you want a free 4th of July playlist, there are so many on the internet that people have put together. Oh, good. So if you need one for your next barbecue, just go to the internet. They have it all. Obviously, it's the internet. <laughs> but a lot of people right. have free playlists that you can download. So some that, these are, again, just ones that I recognized. Uh-huh. Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Such a good song. Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, such a good song. God Bless the USA, which is Lee Greenwood, which is the one I mentioned. So that's a correction because I don't think I got his name right. Oh, okay. Only in America by Brooks and Dunn. Oh, I do know that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. American Woman by Lenny Kravitz. Okay, yeah. And of course, we have to include Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. Yes. So good. Again, there were so many. Like, some of them were 50 songs long. So, plenty of America songs for everyone out there. For next year. (laughs) Yes, for next year. One thing that we talked about that you and I disagree on, Dan, is, is a hamburger a sandwich? Oh, yes, we did disagree. So, I looked into it a little more. This is the official definition of a sandwich. Two or more slices of bread or a split roll having filling between it. So technically, you're right. Thank you. Technically. And the crowd goes wild. (laughs) No, because I have a butt and I have a big butt. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I'd like to make a few points. (laughs) Sandwich shops don't sell burgers. Okay. Like Jimmy John's Subway. They don't have a hamburger option. Right, but, I mean, expand your horizons. It's a sandwich shop. And also, if you go to most restaurants and you have a menu and they have a sandwich section and they sell hamburgers, they are not included in sandwiches. They are their own section. That's that's true. One could argue that they're just a subset of sandwich, and that's why they have their own section, but that's true. Technically, you're right. I will give you that, but I still disagree. Duly noted. The one thing that I wanted to mention about Independence Day is that we had an actual real-life song playing at the very end of our episode, and we never did give credit. That was the United States Marine Corps Band. Yes, that was a great touch. Dan edited that episode, and I loved that. You're welcome. It was one of the 10 free America songs we were allowed to use. (laughs) I figured. (laughs) (laughs) It was perfect, though. All right, moving on to boxing. In this episode, I mentioned, here's an alley correction. Allie can't say words. I, there's a title that you can have in Britain, and I called it a Marquess. That's not how you say it. It is a Marquise or Marquess. Either one of those seems to be acceptable. Okay. But that was the first episode, and I know we talk about it again in another episode. But I'm going to keep it under boxing here because it's the first time it came up that we talked about titles and how you get a title and what are the titles. Right. So the titles come from the peerage, which is simply meaning peerage, meaning a title or a rank. 
of Great Britain. So these ones are specific to Great Britain. Okay. The ranks are in descending order, a duke or a duchess, a marquise or a marchioness. Again, those ones are hard. (laughs) An earl, which is also a count. So earl and count, I think, are the same rank. So then the female version of a earl or a count is a countess. Okay. And then there's a viscount and a viscountess. And then there is a baron and a baroness. Oh, interesting. Okay. And we were barons, I think. We went straight to baron. We were barons. Yeah. So, no, we're at the bottom because it's like top Oh, we picked the worst one. I know. So we need to be a duke and a duchess is what we need to be. (laughs) Which makes sense if you think about it because like when Prince Harry and... Prince William got married. They're dukes, right? So they're the highest right. after the king and queen. Right. <laughs> yes. We'll do better next time. So Dan and I would like to retract being barons, and we are going to both be dukes now. <laughs> so it is written. So how do you get a title? And again, this is just for Great Britain. You are born into it, or it is bestowed upon you. So the prime minister can bestow it onto you as long as the queen approves. Okay. And a lot of people who hold a title... Just go by Lord. So you might not be Count or Viscount. People might just call you Lord Dan. Lord Dan. And that's just kind of a general way to address anybody who holds a title. Okay. And then Knights. So if you're knighted, you are then called a Sir. So if you were knighted, you would be Sir Dan. And that's how you address a knight. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't know if you've seen this online, Dan, but I've seen this where you can buy a title. So you can basically buy like... I don't know how big the plot is of land, but it's a very small plot of land, like a one by one by one foot plot of land or something. And then that gives you the title of Lord or Lady. Oh, that's cool. Have you seen this? No. So you can't do that with a British title. They cannot be bought or sold. You can only get them in the two ways I mentioned. And from what I was looking at real quick, it looks like where you can buy land and become a Lord or a Lady is in Scotland. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. If you want a title, you can do that, but... I wonder how much it costs. I can't imagine that it's too, too much. Oh, like, it's only forty nine ninety five for this. Does it say how big the plot is? Yeah, one square foot. There you go. I was right. Which, again, why are they using feet? Don't they use meters? Because they're targeting us Americans who want oh. to call ourselves lord and ladies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah. What was I thinking? All right, Dan, next we have the Olympic Games. Yes, the Olympics. So I had two things for the Olympics. The first one, you and I both talked about how much we hated bowling. Yes. I had a lot of people reach out to me and say, why? Bowling's so fun. Well, I mean, I thought we were pretty specific in the episode why we didn't like it. (laughs) I think we were. However, to anybody that wants to convince us otherwise, you can take Allie and myself to bowling and show us a good time. Sure. I am willing to try it, but I don't promise to like it. <laughs> That's what she said. So the number two thing about the Olympics that I just wanted to mention, we talked a lot about the different negative impacts of the Olympics, and we kind of hinted at this, but just to be completely explicit, we had someone reach out and say the Olympics themselves are very big environmental hazard too, given you know all the things going on with the environment these days. Um, it's also really environmentally taxing to have the Olympics and build them in new places every two years. So just wanted to put that out there. Yes, agreed. All right, we're rounding out the last couple here, Dan. We're doing it. Astrology. Oh, yes. So I don't have a ton for astrology, but I officially went on and looked up. Pluto is only considered a dwarf planet, but I stand by what I said. Pluto's a planet. Pluto, planet, done. Done. That's all I have to say about astrology. All right, Dan, last one. This is it. Yeah, recycling. So this one hasn't been out for too long, so we didn't get a lot of listener feedback. But I don't know if the TikTok is just so good or if it's picking up on some of my internet searches because as I did the recycling research... In the next week, I started getting recycling TikTok, which was just really weird. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure everything is listening to us constantly. Right. So one of the things that is on recycling TikTok that is actually really interesting, and I think we get 
we kind of hint on it in the episode when we're talking about big plastic and how they try to convince us all to use more plastic. Mm-hmm. But Recycling TikTok was talking about how, as millennials, we were always taught to cut the the soda rings, right? Oh, yeah. Like the, yeah, like a six yeah. pack, the plastic that goes around them. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, a sea turtle or some sea animal can get stuck in it and it can mess up their shell. And the thing they pointed out was, why was it that we were all just so convinced we should do this? And my one individual action will, you know, fix the whole problem. When we should have been asking, well, if this product is so dangerous towards sea animals, can we just do something different? Does it have to be these rings? Or let's say we need the rings. Why didn't we question the fact that this garbage was making it into the ocean in the first place? You know? Dan, oh, those are really good points. Exactly. Like, it's not that we shouldn't do our part, but like our little individual actions are not going to equal these the problems at the source fixing the problem, right? Agreed, yes. And I have actually seen um, some company has made a six-pack holder out of some like cellulose biodegradable material because they don't want to use the plastic one. So I hope that's where that kind of thing is heading, that right. they can come up with something, either that or, you know... Not that I want to cut down more trees to make cardboard, but at least that is biodegradable. Like if all six packs came in a holder like glass bottles do. Sure. But just like cans and everything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, my, my only note on recycling, and Dan, I texted you this. I uh, got a frozen Coke from McDonald's. And in the little recycling three arrow triangle, they had put, please check. I forget the exact wording. I should have written it down. But basically... Please check if this is recyclable in your area. Yeah. Like, check please your check local. before yeah. recycling. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. See, that's what we need more of that is to help educate people to say, this could be recyclable. You should go check. Hopefully, people will actually go do it. Yes. I hope so. Because like you said, don't be a wishful recycler. Exactly. All right, Dan. Well, that's it. We just went through all 24 24 episodes. Wow. That is intense. All right. Well, do with that what you will. That is your knowledge. You're free to forget it. And as always, we could have gotten something wrong again. I don't know if you've noticed, but all the things that you pointed out that we got wrong were things that we were just saying off the top of our head (laughs) that had nothing to do with the topic. So if that happened again tonight, you can always email us. Email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell it all the words. It is also our website, our Instagram, and our Facebook. You can find us there. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bombino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.